Floor Church, Wednesday night. Hadn't been here in a while, so we may be a little bit out of practice. So, well, if you don't know what to do, just raise your hand and we'll, we'll send around something. We'll, we'll put something on you there to get us back in line and get us where we need to be. I, I'm going to tell you, I think it's been three services that, since we've been here, so. <laughs> oh boy, we can see right now there's going to be an altar service coming up here, so <laughs> we're going to lay hands on you suddenly, so all right, but oh, we like to have fun, and I'm glad that the Lord is moving and still in charge of things, and so we've had nearly two weeks of that white stuff sitting around, missed a bunch of days of work, and was very sick some of the time, and just miserable the rest of it, but now it's all gone, and so things are returning back to normal, so we're going to take up prayer requests and, and pray for things, so uh, I know we've got a few missing tonight, and so by the raising of the hand, if you have a need for somebody or yourself... remember him and his situation because you know I know that the sickness boy can really work on you I mean with all that he's got on his plate as it is so you know let's let's remember him keep him lifted up anyone else with a need yes sis
there. Anyone else with them? All right. Just remember that name. Anyone else serve in the church for prayer? Remember those that are normally here? I hadn't heard all about, you know, but some may still be coming. But uh, let's remember them that if they stayed home, hopefully they're going to catch it tonight on the broadcast. So, you know. We need to use these tools that we have here that, you know, we're fortunate that, you know, we have these abilities to reach out and to spread the word because there's enough of the other spreading going on in the world and misinformation that, you know, if we can't get the word out here, then at least let's get it out and, and be in agreement that, you know, that the word is still important that it, and the word is, you know, only Jesus can, can save us and turn us around, but without the word to lead us and to show us the path and to direct us towards him, then, you know, it, it's all for naught, you know, because without the word, you know, we're, we're, we're lost. You know, we have to have it. We have to, you know, to know what we're talking about when we talk to the Lord. So anyone else with a need tonight before we go to unspoken request? Remember our weak and infirms, those that you know that that really need to be out in these conditions. Let's remember them tonight. So, unspoken request. God knows the need. Let's all stand. And we'll go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity that we have. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us out tonight, Lord, and bringing us through a, yet another week. Lord, we miss so many. Help us, Lord, to get caught back up. Help us, Lord, to stay in tune and, and be on time, Lord, with your will and your purpose for our lives, Lord. Help us to fill in the gap, Lord, to be there and to hear what you have for us tonight, Lord, and open our hearts, minds, and understanding this evening, Lord. Help us to worship together one for the other, and Lord, help us to pray one for the other. Help us to do all of these things, Lord, and be in your mindset, Lord, in everything that we do. That Sister Kessie's gonna come and enlighten us with a song.
Sometimes we do just have to be told, just go on, go on. We can get so bogged down in things, and you know, I've been told many times, go on. Just, you know, sometimes you just need to change the scenery. Just go on, get out, you know, change what you're doing. But we're going to take a few moments here and, and uh, take up prayer or uh, uh, testimonies here from people. Uh, I wanted to lead out because... Like I say, last, well, two weeks ago at this time, uh, I missed uh, uh, Monday and a Tuesday running real high fever, and I missed out on church one day as well because it, it just kept spiking up and down, and I had that flu, and it ha it held on for, I know, over a week, and uh, the worst of it was over, but I missed three days in one week of it, and then all that cold and the snow and the ice and all the rest of that wasn't helping anything, but... I just want to thank the Lord that he carried me through that because I know that a lot of people were, you know, very sick and we're still hearing it that there's some. I know Brother Bobby has been sick and different ones have been suffering with this stuff here and it's really no joke. You know, the flu is, you know, I think in some estimations can be even worse than the COVID. Uh, you know, I've had COVID three times and I breezed through that. But, man, this, this flu was something else. I mean, it gets in here where it burns and it hurts, and it's hard to even get along with yourself, you know. So I just want to thank the Lord for carrying me and getting me right back to where I needed to go. And so kind of got some making up to do, but, you know, I think he's just telling me to go on. So. <laughs> Anybody else with a testimony this evening about... Anything at all? Any testimony from somebody?
Margie and I were talking on the way here, and, you know, after three services of it, of being sick, you know, it, could, it gets really easy just to say, well, I just don't think I want to go tonight, I just don't think it's that important, and then you can see kind of where the world comes up with some of the stuff, well, you know, the, the, you start taking away stuff very quietly, they say the best way to, you know, what is it, to, to, to boil a frog is to bring the water up slow. Because he'll jump right out if he gets a chance. But, boy, you bring it up slow, and he's comfortable, and he's like, man. It's kind of like that old joke about the, the dog that's sitting on a nail, and he's whining, and he's carrying on. And he says, what's wrong with that dog? And he said, he's sitting on a nail. Well, why doesn't he get up and move? And I said, well, I guess it just doesn't hurt that much. Isn't that way we are? I mean, tell Tell me. I mean, you know, we are like that. We just like, well, it just doesn't hurt bad enough for me to do something about it. So I'll sit here and whine until it gets too bad till I can't take it. So go ahead, sis. I see you standing. Mm -hmm. All right, good testimony there. Good testimony. Anybody else? No more testimonies then. We'll get ready to do something really religious here. So, and, we're, and as the pastor would say, we really want you to get your heart right too. So, you know, give that to you, Scott. All right. Let's get ready to take up our offering tonight. Lord, we thank you for these that are here that we've got gathered, Lord. We ask you, God, to bless our offering tonight, Lord, that it goes to whatever purpose that you see necessary for it, Lord. Bless the hearts and the minds and the, the wills and the want-tos of those that are here to worship and to give and to do the work that you called us to do, Lord. We're so grateful for the opportunity. Lord, help us to go and do your perfect will and everything, Lord. We thank you. Yes. 
Well, it's good to be back home. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I missed too much service. I'll give you, give you pass that, brother. Um, when we was having prayer requests a while ago, I wanted to make a prayer request for some snow, but I don't know if I'd get out here alive or not. <laughs> Before I retired, now, you know, I would be request. I would request that all the time, you know. But uh, uh, I don't know. I'm, they better not have no more because I don't. They just about eat up all the snow days. Just one go around, I believe. Uh, but um, uh, we do have uh, some of our Wednesday night regulars that is um, uh, out this evening and. Uh, uh, we missed them, but as Brother Kyle said, there is uh, quite a bit of, of sickness that's, uh, that's going around, and uh, we're just going to believe God and trust Him that uh, by this coming Sunday, um, it's all going to be cleared up for everybody, um, and um, um, I'm looking for something here to there. Um, I've been wanting to get back so so bad, and um, but I'm thankful for the favor of God uh, and how God takes care of us. I came over here last Saturday. I had bought uh, some uh, pretty big bags of. Uh, um, Sodium chloride uh, at the hardware store. The guy said that, that would melt better than just regular rock salt. And I came over here and um, froze myself to death out there in that wind, scattering it around. But it, I was looking around; it just wasn't doing no good, even that. And uh, the temperatures were so cold. Um, and uh, so, but I still went ahead and uh, scattered everything I bought. And as I was um, going out, I got I got down to the gate, and something just impressed upon me 
I said, I need to go over and check that gas. That's something that uh, quit doing, um, I don't know, was it last year or the year before last? We got put on a regular refill list and let them keep up with it. And when it gets down to a point, uh, they, uh, you know, come out and, and give us what we need. So I hadn't been, it hadn't been on my mind. I hadn't thought about it. That's one little job, that past, one of pastor's jobs that uh, I was able to get off of me. But when I pulled down and I, I got out to close the gate, um, I, uh, it, it just pressed upon me strong. You need to go check that uh, gas tank. So I got out of the car and I stamped through the snow across the front over to where the uh, tank is. It's buried underground um, out here in front. And uh, I looked at it and it was almost on zero. I says, oh, Lord. Uh, and um, so I um, had to wait. That was on Saturday. had to wait uh to Monday morning, and I got up Monday morning, drove back over here again early to go, uh, and I looked at it again, this time with my flashlight to make sure I was reading it right, because on Kessie checked it online, and they had they had shown that we had 50, uh, 43%. That's what they had that we uh, showing in their system that we had. It was on 40, but it wasn't. It was on 15%. And so I called them and let them know, and they said, well, uh, uh, we'll get that updated for you. See, what they, they didn't account for the extra cold days and heat running more. And uh, so they didn't figure that in the equation. And they said, well, we'll get that uh, updated for you. I said, but when will I get a truck? He said, they said, well, this has hit everybody and we're running behind and I cannot promise you a date. Immediately, the devil said, well, y'all are going to have to call off service Wednesday night. And I said, no. No, we're not going to do that. I said, Lord, I'm going I'm to trust you. Um, and uh, so <laughs> that was Monday. And um, I, I kept watching uh, on my on my phone for the cameras and didn't see nothing all day uh, yesterday. And um, uh, it got down to uh, uh, the last just few hours, and uh, I picked up my phone and, ch and checked, and I seen a, a big uh, propane truck coming in the driveway. I said, "Thank you, Jesus." That whole situation was the favor of God. Amen. What, why would I think about something that I ain't thought about in over a year? Because they had been watching it. And we, uh, of course, I came back in here. I cut everything really down low because I didn't want, want it running completely out. And when we got here this afternoon, it was really cold in here. Uh, but uh, praise the Lord, we're, we're filled back up. And uh, ready to go. And if anybody wants to write us a check for $1,400 and it costs to fill that up, 
<laughs> I will accept it. <laughs> well, glory. Hallelujah. All right. I want to uh, get, uh, get finished with this tonight because we've been on it now for a little bit. Uh, talking about spiritual warfare, the battle of the mind. And um, um, this has been a really interesting uh, study, I think. And um, it gives us a whole lot to understand. We've covered uh, some of this stuff about what makes us some, you know, you, I've said this before, uh, you have a thought come in your mind and something you think about um, and uh, and even maybe in your subconscious dream about it at night and you say, well, what in the world make me think of that something like that uh, or dream something like that? And uh, we've talked about that and, uh, and dealt with it. And uh, tonight in this final lesson, lesson number three, I want to talk about imaginative uh, strongholds. Uh, and we're going to find out tonight how important it is uh, to when we do have a thought come in our mind that's not right, that's not, um, you know, like God or like the Lord uh, would be pleased with Him. We're going to, we need to, we're going to find out how important it is to get rid of it as soon as we can. Don't let it linger. Because if we let it linger, it's going to start building a stronghold in our minds. Now let's get, um, um, get into our lesson. And um, those of you that's got the um, 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 commentary on this that I've written for tonight, can just follow along. For those of you watching at home that don't have these, um, Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 7, is what we're going to be reading for our scripture reference tonight. Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 7. And this is what it reads like. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. Now that's the word of God himself all the way back right before the flood of Noah. Kind of makes you wonder how much he's grieving now. Think about that. Now, now we've seen where our thoughts shape our lives 
as we eventually become what we think. We talked about that in our last lesson. You will become what you think. Uh, and we've talked about that. And the spiritual battle for our souls takes place in the battlefield of the mind. All spiritual warfare concerning you takes place right up here. That's where it, that's where it takes place. Now, in this lesson, we're going to understand how our ability of imagination is used by Satan to develop a stronghold in our mind, whereas he then has a base of operation to control us. And let me add this. I know maybe some people don't think this or believe it, but even if you are a Christian and spirit-filled, the devil can develop a stronghold in your mind if you don't take care of those thoughts. Remember, that comes from your old carnal self because uh, the old man's still there. Amen. And the new man that you have that's controlled by the Holy Spirit, remember I told you in one lesson, the new man kicked the old man out of the driver's seat. And... Ever since that time, that old man keeps trying to get back in control. Amen. That's how come we have these thoughts and different kind of things in, in our mind. But Satan can develop a stronghold, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you're a Holy Ghost filled or not. He can develop a stronghold in your mind, whereas then he has a base of operation to control you. Amen. And that is important to understand. Now, the first thing we're going to be talking about in our lesson tonight is imaginations running wild. And before I, uh, I get into that, do you know that human beings, mankind, is the only one of God's creation that has the ability for imagination. None of the animal world has an imagination. It don't come through the animal kingdom. Man being created in the image of God with a body, soul, and spirit, the tripart being a man, is the only one that has the ability of imagination. Amen. Now let's talk about imaginations running wild. <coughs> now as we travel back to the days prior to the uh, birth of Noah, we see a world that's consumed by self-indulgence, greed, debauchery, and lawlessness. Can I remind you that Jesus said that in the days before he come, right before he comes, it's going to be just like the days of Noah. How much self-indulgence, greed, debauchery, and lawlessness are we seeing in the world today? Amen. It seems as if, as if Adam, in his sin, gave birth to a spiritual cancer which grew and intensified with every subsequent generation. 
devouring all the beauty and the goodness of the Lord God's creation. If you study this, uh, uh, the uh, six days of creation, everything that the Lord created after he created it, he said he saw it, it was good. Amen. It was good. But when Adam sinned, he developed a spiritual cancer. And we all know the dreaded C word and how bad it is and how many lives is affected by that. Well, I, I'm here to tell you that sin is a spiritual cancer. And it started with Adam. And it's passed down, amen, to um, every subsequent generation since him and it's intensified and continued gotten worse and worse hallelujah now when Jehovah God began to speak as recorded in Genesis chapter 6 he had his fill with the waywardness of humanity he determined judgment on every living thing which had the breath of life also we are told the root cause of all the sinful ways of the pre-flood inhabitants of the planet. We, we see what is the root cause of that, and it's found in Genesis 6 and 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil, Continually. That was the reason. It was man's imagination, his thoughts that he did not have control of, but they had control of him. Amen. And that was and it's kind of kind of funny to me as I'm studying this tonight, we're studying, and as I was putting this together and uh, and writing this down, I seen uh, a post that was made online. It, it was uh, from um, uh, it, it was came from a, a cousin of mine on my dad's side, uh, and it, she didn't uh, write it herself, but she saw it and and she shared it, and uh, it was about a a mother. And a nine-year-old child um, who was in uh, who was in church service one time, and the teacher was talking about Noah and the flood, and she said uh, uh, the nine-year-old looked up at his mom and said, "Well," and he had a very sad look on his face. Said, "Mom." Uh, all of those children uh, didn't that didn't make it in the ark. Uh, they were washed away in the flood too, wasn't they? And she said, when she saw uh, the sadness on her child, she said, the only thing that I knew that come to me, I could tell him. He said, well. Uh, sweetheart, their their parents did not see to it that they could get on the ark. And that's true. 
Yes, there were children who died in the flood. There were babies who died in the flood by the hundreds, by the thousands. But it wasn't their fault. It was because mom and dad, they had uh, uh, at least a hundred years. But Noah didn't spend all of his time uh, with hammer and nail building the ark. He also, the Bible said, was a preacher of righteousness. And uh, sometimes when I preach and pour my heart out and don't never see any kind of uh, response or whatever to keep me from getting all despaired and whatever, I think about Lord and mercy. Noah preached 100 years and he only saved his family. He only saved his family. And you know what? Sad, but some some preachers, they 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 work about saving everybody else, and they don't think about their own family. And let me add this right now: for all of us, for each and every one of us, your family is the most important. You need you need to do what you can do, Amen, to reach them. Because when the judgment comes this next time. Uh, you don't want somebody else saying that about, about you. Well, you know, they did not uh, work to get me in the ark. Amen. Think about that. <coughs> Mankind had lost their, had let, excuse me, their imaginations run wild and their thoughts and intentions were evil continuously. I mean all the time. It was, it was a constant thing from sun up to sundown. They never took a break from thinking of wicked things to do. It was continually. And please keep what I said in mind that Jesus said, like it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the day that the Son of Man comes. Now, let's, let's dig down a little bit in this word imagination. The word imagination comes from uh, the word image. And an image uh, is a, uh, a picture, a likeness, or a reflection, maybe like from a, uh, from a mirror. Uh, I still care, care around uh, uh, Darlene's senior picture uh, and... Uh, from when I first we started first started going together, and I still got that. Well, this right here is an image. Amen. It's an, and and that's that's what an image is, or it can be, uh, like I said, a reflection or uh, any kind of likeness. And according to Mister Webster, I went to Webster's Dictionary. And I looked up his definition of imagination. And this is what I got out of the dictionary. The act or power of forming a mental image. Forming a mental image in your mind. Remember, then that's what we're talking about, the battlefield of the mind. Forming a mental image of something not present to the senses. Uh, the imagination is not out here in front of you that your senses, your eyes, your ears, or whatever smell can detect, but it's up here. It's something that you form in your mind. 
imagination is a thought which has taken shape in the mind. Being a mental image, the thing you have conceived. Amen. You've conceived it. Whether it be good or whether it be evil. Now, the, the antediluvian world um, had lost all conscience of right and wrong. They, they didn't have that concept anymore, and that's just like the world today. I mean, we're seeing what the Bible said, that there would, uh, the day would come that they would call evil good and good um, evil. Amen. And this was the condition uh, back, back then. Their depraved minds gave birth to godless, destructive imaginations which were contrary to anything good, just, and holy. When Apostle Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, he referred to the need of casting down imaginations and anything which exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Amen. Now that's in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 for those you watching online, verses 3 and 5. For uh, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Amen. The battle that we fight is not after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare, one place said, are not, not carnal. Amen. For the we well, I just there it is. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's what we've got to do if we're going to be an overcomer. I've got to bring my thoughts into captivity. I've got to capture my thoughts before my thoughts capture me. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's what Paul wrote the church in Corinth. Now, it appears the Apostle Paul may have been referring to these same folks in writing to the Church of Rome. If you ever wondered uh, who was talking about, uh, I believe it's these same group of people that Paul was talking about referring to the antediluvian people right before the flood. He said, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain, were in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And then if you go on and read that whole chapter of Romans, you'll find where finally God turned them over to a reprobate mind. Amen. Um, no, there's, I could go off. 100 different directions right now. I got to keep focus on this lesson, but 
there's a hundred different ways I could go right there, but that's what that's what happened. Uh, they were turned over to a reprobated mind, and from that point, they did not have any concept of good or evil. Uh, one thing that the devil likes to torment torment people with or and deceive people to make them think they don't have any hope is they say, oh, I, I've committed the unpardonable sin. I can't get forgiveness. And uh, the devil likes to pull that on gullible people. Make them either think there's no use in me trying or whatever. But always know this. A person who's been turned over to a reprobated mind don't care to know about God no more. They're not going to be, it ain't going to bother them. They're going to make statements like what I've heard people say and maybe you've heard people say, oh, well, I don't care if I go to hell tonight, all my friends are going to be there. That person's on dangerous territory. They're on dangerous ground. Amen. As long as you got any a little bit, a thimble full of longing, so, oh, man, I'm, wish I could get back to a point or a place I was with God. As long as you've got a thimble full of that, your mind's not fully gone yet. God ain't turned you over yet. you still got hope. Don't believe the devil's lies. Come on back home. Amen. And God will take care of you. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm glad. I've, I've read the Bible where the Lord said he's married to the backslider in the Old Testament. Glory to God. All right, so now let's talk about these strongholds. <coughs> strongholds of the mind. A stronghold in your mind develops when you fail to deal with carnal thoughts which are contrary to the nature of Christ, what he instilled within you at the new birth. These thoughts originate in the old nature. That's where they come from who was dethroned by the new man. I told you that a while ago. We call these thoughts temptations and will lead to sinful acts if we don't play a Barney Fife and nip it, nip it, nip it in the bud. Hallelujah. That's what you got to do. You're not going to never stop carnal thoughts because you still live in a carnal body it's something that you've got to deal with. But if you get one, what do you got to do? Nip it in the bud. <laughs> Amen. If you don't, it's going to develop a stronghold. And if you run word studies on that word stronghold, it's like a castle or a fortress built. It's what we're talking about, a stronghold. A castle or a fortress. What it does, the devil takes that thought that you or me has not nipped. And he starts building with the bricks, building. Every time you entertain that thought, there goes another brick. Entertaining another thought and not dealing with it, another one. 
that finally he's got a stronghold, he's got a castle there, and he's got a base of operation in your head. Amen. Now let's, let's continue. Uh, James 1, chapter 12 through 15. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Let no man <clears throat> say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. God ain't the one who tempted you. And we covered this really in depth back when we, if you remember, we went through the book of James a good while ago. Uh, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. Don't come from God. Amen. Where does it come from? Well, let's continue reading. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Lust, sin, and death. I, I just had a flashback. I remember back when in, my, in my evangelistic days when I was traveling, doing evangelistic work, preaching revivals, tent revivals, and revivals at churches. I had a message the Lord gave me that uh, I preached. Um, back then, everybody, it was really known well. Um, I preached on LSD. And that, that was a drug the go-to drug back in the 60s and 70s, LSD. Uh, and uh, they um, uh, went out, really went after that. But I preached a message, LSD, and I broke it down, lust, sin, and death, and, uh, and got into it. See, LSD was an hallucinated drug. It caused people to hallucinate things. I remember... I remember well uh, the heartbreak of Art Linkletter uh, when his daughter got on that stuff and jumped out of a high-story apartment complex thinking she could fly. And, uh, of course, and he, he went on a, a, a quest then, you know, for uh, about drugs, against drugs, and what all they could do and, and everything. But this tells us right here, where it comes from. It comes from us, our old carnal nature, uh, when each one is drawn away and enticed with their own lust. Spiritual strongholds get stronger the more you feed them. They are strongholds in our lives that look so attractive and become addictive, but end up being entrapments that we are blind to and enslaved, rapidly turning us from joyful to miserable. See, first, you think about the pleasure of it. Amen. The lust and the sin. I mean, it brings on that, that pleasure. What, what did the Bible say? Uh, 
about Moses uh, in Egypt that he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, taking rather the reproach of God's people and rather than enjoying the pleasure of sin for a season. Uh, I've heard some people say there's no pleasure in sin. Well, how come so many people are caught up in it? There is a certain amount of pleasure to sin. Amen. But when that sin that we develop because we haven't nipped our bad thoughts in the bud builds up a stronghold, then it's not pleasurable no more. Most people's lives are miserable. Amen. Um, let me just think about, talk about this a minute. A stronghold in somebody's mind. Uh, alcohol is a stronghold. Tobacco, I know this is not proper teaching no more, maybe we should be teaching it more because there's too many people that's, that's entrapped by it. It's a stronghold. It's more than just a chemical control. Uh, there are oppressive spirits involved with it that entrap people. Uh, and one big in, in the day and age and um, it's pornography. A man or a woman that gets hooked on that will develop the biggest stronghold that will control them. I mean, I've read statistics where they say that um, 60, if I'm not mistaken, 65% of all man has gotten involved in it one time or the other. It's rampant. It's everywhere. Uh, and, uh, and people in the ministry. Amen. It's a terrible castle, a stronghold that's hard to be defeated. Amen. And and what I'm naming here is just a few things that the devil is able to build up a castle in your mind, a fortress, if you please, a base of operation, because when you could have nipped it that first thought, you played with it. You played with it. Uh, and I could go on and on and list them things that are stronger. I, and I've got to I got to mention one more. But I know I'm, I'm running just a little bit late, but listen, we've been out of church for three weeks, three services. We can we can stay just a few minutes longer. Um, religiosity is a stronghold. I've run across some people, and I know some people, that are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good to God. Amen. There are some people who let their personal convictions and their thought and their way of thinking about how what God should be and everything become a stronghold. 
How's that possible? Somebody say, well, go back and read about what the Pharisees did. It's the same principle. It's the same principle. Amen. There's a lot of people that's caught up and, and, and has let so many strongholds build up uh, in their life. Uh, they make us spiritually less strong and prevent us from seeing God's perfect and uh, will and purpose for us. However, we can overcome them. I got good news for you now. We're going to end up with some good news. You can overcome them. You can overcome them through faith in the word and prayer. Look at Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. Now, we all know this scripture and probably can quote it all in the King James. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder, uh, you know, the soul and the spirit. No, this is the English Standard Version. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit. See, there's a difference in your soul and your spirit. The joints and the marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Amen. That's how that's how we, we need to why we need to get prayer and the word of God. Because the word of God will um, discern what your intentions really are. What are your motives? Come on, somebody, amen. Now, having said all that. I want to close by talking about how we can direct our thinking. Directive thinking is what I'm considering. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Finally, brothers. I'm glad he said finally there since we're finally finishing up this lesson. What about it? Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's any worthy of praise, think about these things. That's why I use the English Standard Version. The King James says, think on these things, which, but I wanted to bring that just a little bit clearer. Think about these things. If we train our minds, to think about only the truth. Hey, there's so much false out there. We need to turn our, our heads from it. Now this, this new technology, uh, AI, they've done proof. I've heard the last couple of days that said, you don't know what, you never, it was always hard to trust what you saw on the internet, but man, you can't hardly believe it now, not because of the AI. I mean, that that film that's going out right now, it's it's being uh, saved on our church website. People with the technology could go to our church website and get one of the archived uh, services of me teaching, and they could steal my image, and then they could take words that I've said, and they could they could post an image on TV or on Facebook or anywhere 
and uh, have me looking like I'm saying something that I never did say. That's not happening tomorrow. That's today. That's today. But we need to think on these kind of things. Praise the Lord. I'm, I hope and pray that this um, series has given us some things to think about. Amen. Let's all stand together. Uh, I do appreciate um, especially uh, 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 Sister Michelle and Sister Kathy. We want to remember them in prayer as they've got a long way to drive home by themselves, and we're supposed to get another band of real heavy rain around 9 o'clock, they're saying. So um, hopefully everybody can get home before, before that hits, but we want to pray for everybody that God will give you a safe trip back home and looking forward to seeing you plus a whole lot more on Sunday. Lord we come today we thank you and praise you for the privilege to be in your house. I thank you God that you gave us favor and you took care of every situation far as gas problem and heat that we could be here tonight. And now Lord as we dismiss I pray for everybody that you keep everybody protected and safe as you travel on the road. Bring us back to the next appointed time. We'll give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Would the church say, God bless you. We love you in the Lord.